Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Here's your host from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello, we are the Get Savvy Club and we're on a mission to teach anyone in property how to get visible online. Why? So you can get deals, you can get direct bookings, you can find JV partners and investors, or if you're a realtor or estate agent, you can find new stock and ultimately you can make money. If you would like our help, just message us on info at getsavvyclub.co.uk or find us on social media. Today, a lovely guy called Steve Judge, which actually we... Actually... I was already connected with him on LinkedIn, but we got to kind of know of him through all of us speaking at an event, but we missed him because he was speaking on the Saturday of the event and we were speaking on the Sunday of the event. So we didn't actually see each other's, but we heard all about how great his talk was. And then I thought, oh, I know that guy already on LinkedIn, looked him up and then thought, oh, he's got a new book out. I'll have a chat. And then, yeah, or asked him on the podcast. And it was a first for us because we got him on our podcast on a day that he's currently filming a documentary. So he's got yeah. like a whole film crew wandering around with him with like, you know, big mic people and camera mm. people and God knows about five or six of them, wasn't there? Yeah. So um, they were watching and recording us, recording a podcast with Steve. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe we'll be in the documentary. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> we will hear about it if we are, obviously. Because <laughs> we'll, we'll be like, hey, we're in this documentary. But a really interesting story. But we'll let him talk, uh, go through that on the podcast. So let's get into it. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow, and subscribe. My name's Steve Judge. I'm a global motivational speaker, author. What I, I do is I help people find their goals. And when I say goals, it's an acronym for their goal, their opportunity, their love and their dream. Now, how I do this is as a speaker. And what I speak about is my journey. And my journey takes me from wheelchair to world champion. I had a a near fatal car accident back in 2002. I got both my legs crushed. I was told that I may never walk again. And so at that point, I had to set goals and start working towards them, clearly through physio, rehabilitation, had to grow my leg back by four inches, I had to learn how to stand again, I had to learn how to walk again. So doing all of these things, you know, hard work, highs and lows, but I achieved over about four years, I managed to achieve the goal that I'd set out to do. And then I wanted to think, you know, what's next? And I think, what I love using this quote, and the quote is, we all have two lives, our second one begins when we realise we've only got one. Now for me, the, the accident, the car accident was a life-changing experience for me, and I suddenly realised that I've only got one life, I better start living it, I better start doing it. I don't want to lean on any excuses. So that's what I started doing. So thinking about what I could do rather than what I couldn't do, realizing that there's no such thing as normal now that I was disabled in both legs. And so I started getting fit and healthy, doing a bit of swimming, doing a bit of cycling, wanted a challenge, wanted to push myself, found this thing called power triathlon, triathlon for disabled people. Didn't know whether I was disabled or not, you know, whether I could register as a disabled athlete. Went down to Loughborough, got measured, got tested, got questioned, got prodded. And eventually they said, Mr. Judge, you are disabled. And I'm like, well, this is great. This is great news because now I opened the doors that I could do, you know, competing as a disabled athlete. So I competed in my category. I became British champion. I set goals, started working towards them. But my main goal was to become a world champion. That's what I really wanted. So that's what I worked towards. And it's all about knowing how I got there. I did get to the European Championships. I got to the World Championships. I crossed the finish line in 2011, becoming a world champion, grabbing the gold medal, my gold as it was then, in triathlon, power yeah, triathlon. Yeah. Uh, so then people said to me, no, no, what's next? And I, I got to the stage there. I was coming up to the retirement of my, my international competition. And I just thought, I really want to give something back. I want to help people. I want to 
because what frustrates me is people that, that don't achieve their goals. They go through their whole life almost flatlining, uh, not doing the things that they really want to do. So I said, that's what I want to do. And I'm going to be a motivational speaker doing that. And they said, how are you going to do that? And I said, I have no idea. But by that stage, I knew that if I wanted something enough, then I'd find a way of doing it. And so that's what I set off doing it, you know, setting the goal to stand on the stage. And it's like six years later, and I'm now a global speaker. I've just released my second book. The second book is Gold, and that's the, a really more of a business book. My first book was an autobiography to get the story out. Second book to help people. It's got exercises in it. And this is what I do, you know, uh, speaking from the stage, also running workshops, coaching people helping people to find the thing in their life that they really want to do, the thing that excites them. Yeah, because we're so lucky because we've actually got you recording this podcast today on your book launch day, aren't we? It's going to be a networking event and book launch at the same time. Yeah, and uh, Steve, judge me. Steve sent me out a copy, didn't you? Like on fr- well, it got to me on Friday, and we're recording this now on on like Tuesday. So almost finished it, and it is a really good book. It's really like you know, because obviously people send you books. And I love it after you. Yeah, we'll <laughs> buy it. Yeah, I said, yeah, I said, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'll say, I'll, 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 yes. I'll, but it so is, Steve, you said a load of massive things there in quite a matter of fact, succinct way. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of want to delve into that a bit more. So pre-crash, what was your life like? You know, what kind of person were you? I would say I was, I was very average. If I, it depends how far back I go. Uh, my upbringing was great. I love being outside. I love running. Running was my thing. I love scouting. I love the badges in scouting, getting those. And I guess getting those was like setting little goals and working towards them. So I've always done that. Yeah. I used to work down the coal pits of Yorkshire. So I was a coal mm-hmm. miner. Um, I wanted more for myself. So I took myself to college, did my BTEC HNC, became a mechanical engineer. So I was still working down the coal pits, but I was now being given problems and finding solutions to those problems. And I enjoyed that. I got made redundant. And again, this is about having a mindset. So I think I've always had a positive mindset about, yeah, I was made redundant, but then that gave me the opportunity to go traveling. So I went traveling around the world, earning money as I, as I traveled, bar work and stuff like that. Came back, still doing the running, got a job, everything was going okay. And that's when I had the car accident in 2002. So I think things were... were, were so good. how old were you then? So I was 28 years old when I had the car accident. And, and that's so significant that's... because if, if I'd been over 30, they probably would have amputated my leg. But because I was under 30, they said, well, we'll, we'll give it a go. We'll, we'll see if we can... Uh, do something with it because you're more likely to heal yourself of that bit younger yeah they draw a line you know whether you can like grow bone back whether you can do mm. rehabilitation do the physio and you mm. know my leg was four inches short four inches of bone had been knocked out of my leg so my, my leg was short by four inches i had a metal cage in my leg i had to twist nuts and bolts on that cage for 100 days to get it to the right length i then had to grow the bone back a millimetre, bit by bit, that took about a year and a half to grow. It is amazing what they can do in medicine now, isn't it? Well, it is. I mean, I always say, you know, NHS, amazing. They saved my life. But I also think the human body is incredible as well. Mm. They gave me the tools of what I had to do. And then I had to go and do it. So I always give myself a pat on the back for doing all of that. Because it's a bit like physio. Physio is something that you something that you do, not something that you get. You know, the physio tells you what to do. You then yeah. have to do that three times a day, five days a week, whatever. It's the same. And with it monotonous. hurts. Generally, it, it hurts, hurts, doesn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. painful, it's monotonous, and it's horrible. But it's the same with, with, with business. You know, you might have a business coach that tells you what to do. You might have experts, gurus that tell you what to do. You still have to do it. You yeah, have to yeah. you know, put yourself together and get that stuff done, and that's what you have to do. And that's what I realized through rehabilitation, through as an elite athlete, 
and even now running my business. At some point, you've kind of been told that you could never work uh, walk again and you're in a lot of pain. You've got to go through this painful process. There must have been like some dark times there, mustn't there? Yeah. How did yeah. you drag yourself and get your mindset in the place where it needed to be? There were. There were some very dark times. And I think, you know, I don't always talk about them much as a motivational speaker. It's not very motivating. However, I do talk about them a little bit. And this is one of the reasons why I wrote my first book, because people hear me speak for 45 minutes ago. OK, yeah, it's a good story. It's an amazing story. And I go, well, you haven't really heard all of it. You've heard 45 minutes of it. Yeah. So that's why I wrote the book. It's got everything, warts and all the highs and the lows. And yeah, you know, there were some really low parts there, some really dark times. I think one of the darkest times was a year anniversary after my after my, my car accident, I'd gone backwards. You know, my leg was the right length, but I couldn't get my knee straight. I'd had a double cage, and I was back in a wheelchair after a year. And that was really hard, very depressing for me. Uh, I went through a period of really, you know, dark times. And then it was around that time when I got a letter through the post, and that was from my current employees. And they said, you know, clearly you're unable to come back to work, so I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to end your employment. Mm-hmm. Now... At that moment, I would say I felt that I had no purpose. And I think when you get to that stage, you can't get much lower. When you feel that you as a human being have got no purpose in life, that's yeah. really hard. And, and that's where I was. And I was there for you know a couple of days, which doesn't sound long. But when I say that, that's like crying over and over again, not being able to stop. As in, if I did try to stop myself, it would just build up and erupt almost. Mm. But what, how I came out of that was by just realizing where I was, just taking a look around, realizing that I, for once I wasn't moving forward, for once I wasn't doing any physio, for once I wasn't washing, wasn't cleaning my teeth, I wasn't doing my hair, I looked a mess, I felt terrible. And at that moment, after that period of time, I just didn't want to be that person anymore. Mm-hmm. I wasn't talking about goal setting, I wasn't talking about the future, or anything like that. I just didn't want to be where I was that moment. And so I made one step forward. I cleaned my teeth the next day. The next day I had a shower. The next day I had a shave. The next day I did a bit of physio. And slowly, bit by bit, I I pulled myself back together and started progressing forward again because I realized that I was the only person that could do that. You can get loads of advice from friends, family, uh, practitioners, surgeons, doctors, nurses, everybody. They can give you suggestions, but at the end of the day, you're the only person that can do that. And that's what I had to do. Even that is in a nutshell. You know, it's really hard for me to, when I take myself back there, about thinking how how dark and how low those periods were. But I need to remember that because, you know, we still have them nowadays. Going through the pandemic wasn't easy for me as a conference speaker. You know, dark times again. But again, I just had to move forward just bit by bit, not giving in. I think that's the thing. And, yeah. and, it, and feeling proud that you've, you've yeah. achieved that. It is an achievement, isn't it? Yeah, and you've got, you've got to give yourself some time to sulk and, and be you know upset about it. But then ask yeah. yourself, Okay, we're sulking. I get that, Steve. How long are we sulking for? I don't know. Apparently, Madonna will give herself. You told me this, Anna. Madonna yeah. will give herself a day to wallow, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if she does that. I don't know if she does that anymore because I did probably read that in Smash Hits in 1987. <laughs> so maybe she don't do that anymore. I don't know. I t- I took that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think that it's funny, isn't it? How often people say their worst day has become their best day. Would you say, you know, that actually having that crash and everything you've gone through has given you a, a better life in a way and a better mindset and was maybe the making of you? Or would you say if you could go back and never do it, would you like go and avoid it, go a different route or whatever? Where I am now is amazing. I love my life. It's like living the dream. It's great doing the things that I love. But more than that, it's helping other people as well. And that gives me a real buzz. 
So do I regret, I guess, is the question, that the accident happened? Do I you know, wish I could go back in time? And the answer is I, I absolutely wish I could go back in time. Because if, if you ask me the question, I have to take myself back there. As I've just mentioned, you know, I had some really dark times. I nearly mm-hmm. died, you know, on the operating table. I, my, my family, my friends were put through hell. Yeah. I was put through hell for a year and a half, twisting nuts and bolts and stretching my leg out and grunting and learning to walk and stand. My whole life turned upside down by running. My running that I love was taken away from, stolen from me for seven and a half years. All of these things are really, really negative. The thing is, I think the thing is with, with this, Anita, is, is that we can't always control what happens to us in life, but we can control how we react to what happens yeah. to us. Yeah. And this is how I'm reacting to what happened to me. And it's just uh, a process. And I've done the, the whole, you know, getting myself back together. I've done the whole thing of becoming a world champion. And now I'm doing the thing of passing all my knowledge and, and learnings onto other people so that they can achieve. And I, I would love to say at some point in the future that I'm really glad that the accident happened. And I'm really glad that I nearly died and I went through pain. And I'm really glad that I'm in pain every single day of my life when I stand, walk, run. And I'm really glad of that because of the millions of people that I've helped to achieve their goal. But I'm not there yet. And I think no. it's an ongoing mission to actually uh, you know, help as many people as possible around the world. Uh, and that's a big mission. And that, that drives me forward. That frustration, that impatience drives me forward to keep doing what I'm doing. So I'll take it. Um, I will use the accidents, but I'm not glad that it happened. Yeah, yeah, interesting. What I would love to know is in the, in the book, you talk about the golden gang. So everyone needs to have like a golden gang. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that and then also sort of elaborate on like how big should this gang be like ultimately <laughs> when you've like arrived? If there's like um, a number or yeah. I'm glad you picked that. I, I love that chapter, The Golden Gang. So you've got to realise at some point when you're working towards your, your goals, that thing that you really want, that you can't do this alone. Of course mm. you can't. You've got to reach out to people. You've got to ask for help. And again, it might initially be friends and family and then start going to practitioners. And for me, you know, I had my golden gang in hospital. I had my golden gang as an elite athlete, you know, the, the coaches I had and everybody helped me. And now I've got my golden gang in my business. Now, initially, it starts off with friends and family again. But then you get a website. Then you get a you need a logo. So you need a graphic designer for that. I now have a business coach. I have um, I have a stylist that helps me to look good. I have somebody that cuts my hair. I have somebody who makes my shirts. I have um, an accountant because I hate accountancy. And, and yeah, with that. you there. So this is all the stuff that you need to do to achieve. And I get that. So think about who you've got now in your in your group. And then take a step back and start thinking about where you want to go towards this big, shiny goal, this thing that you want to achieve in five years' time. Where do you want to be? And who do you need in your golden gang to achieve that level? You know, I don't want to be doing social media myself all the time. I'd love to be delegating it out to somebody else. I do now have a PA, a virtual PA, and it's great. And we we talk and she does loads of things for me. She does my newsletter, helps with that. But who else do I want? I'd love, do you know what? I'd love a nutritionist to make my lunch, a nice healthy lunch. I'd like a, a PT maybe, that'd be really good. Um, right here, right now, I've got my, my golden gang in front of me who are doing a documentary, they're filming this. I could have done this on the phone, it wouldn't be very good. Uh, I want to go up a level, so my golden gang is expanding. I, I had to drive myself here. I would love a chauffeur in the future. Uh, yeah. I know that this we hotel... need a chauffeur, we need yeah. 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 yeah, that's I know that this, thing, yeah. this hotel has got a, a helicopter landing place. <gasps> I want a helicopter. Do you want I'll a helicopter? I just want you in my helicopter. Yeah. So this, these are people that yeah. will be in my golden gang in the future. Enough about me. What about the people? The people listening to this, who would you want in your golden gang for the future to take you there? And I'm not saying you can afford them yet, and maybe it's not quite the right time, but start thinking about them, start daydreaming about them, 
And before you know it, you'll bump into somebody, you'll network and you'll find that person. You'll grab their name, their business card, and you go, I'm going to give you a call in a year's time or two years time because I'm going to need you. And that's, that's growing your golden gang. And it's yeah. exciting and it's fun. And that's what business should be about. Yeah, I want a stylist. I'm fed up of shopping and I hate everything in my wardrobe. And I just want someone to go, right, here's all the clothes. I'll buy them off you. I'll just I'll go to their room. I'll sit there, try it all on rather than trudging around the shops and just have all new stuff. Yeah, like once, once every three months or something. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they just go, wow. yeah, like chuck that away now or not chuck it away, gift it, of course. Yeah. And then like, you know, oh, you need to switch this up, try this with this. Yeah, that kind yeah. of thing. It's cool. trivial in the grand scheme of things, but that's what I want. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think it is because, I mean, I, I met a stylist quite early on in my speaking career. And when you're on the stage with like thousands of people looking at you, the one thing you don't really want to be worrying about is what you look like. No. You, you've got a lot to remember. You've got a lot to say. You've got to do the click yeah. of the slides and everything like the performance. What you look like is very important, but you don't want to be stressing about it. So I now know what I should look like. My stylist tells me what I look good in, what colours, what style. She doesn't do quite the shopping thing. I haven't got to that level yet. Um, but, you know, I don't mind doing that myself. But it's really important. I think when you enter the room, people look you up and down. They give you, you know, a, a once-over. And depending on what you're, you're wearing and the style you're wearing is very important. Yeah. So and also you'll no doubt have pictures taken at that to help you get to that next level or, you know, some kind of recording. And um, you just, I just think sometimes you just don't know. I'll put on something and think, oh, this is nice. And then we'll see pictures of us on stage talking and I'll be like, what the, that's going in the bin. That's hideous. <laughs> it's quite good actually for my decluttering, like decluttering our wardrobe, isn't it? Because like I've, I've gone... I ain't having that top no more. Got rid of it because we're we're Anita and I are talking at lots of different property events, and we were at the same event, weren't we? But on different and different yes. days. We just missed you at the Sill event that was in Birmingham. Oh, Fermentation live. Yeah, you were on like the day. But we only literally came for our bit in, on the Sunday afternoon but because we've been speaking at lots and lots of property events up and down the country since like well all this year like running out of outfits now aren't we? like of what like what to wear on each thing i think it is i think it is slightly different for women than men because men can are more it's easier i think for them to have a signature like I think was actually I read it in a book, which was actually your book today. Barack Obama. Yes. This quote. I'm thinking, where did I hear this? Where did I hear this quote? Oh, I know where I heard that quote. Let this me tell you book. this, Steve. Yeah, Barack Obama. I heard this. You'll, quite, you'll probably like this. You'll probably like this. Barack Obama apparently he only has like blue and grey suits because he just wants things easier. And obviously, I know about the Steve Jobs ones as well. But I do think for women, I think we need to. Try, this is really judgy, but anyway, it is. <laughs> you know, we probably need to like think we can't just have the same stuff. Well, and, and you're right. If you, I don't think if we you want look to. good. You feel good, and yeah. that's what it's about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah, but I totally agree with you. I think women have got it harder. You know, you, you can wear the same kind of style or the same colours, but not the same outfit. Outfit, so yeah. That's men, the thing. I think you can get away with it. I certainly do. All my photos, I've got the same colour shirt, not the same shirt, yeah. same colour shirt, yeah. same blue suit, etc. Same, same colour jeans. Uh, and you know, I've got them all in my wardrobe. I just grab it. It's like a uniform. And again, like yeah. I'm saying, I don't have to think about what I'm going to wear. I know what I'm going to wear. Job done. Let's let's yeah. worry about some more important things that I need to do. Like yeah. I think as you get older, which happens so fast, you kind of lose track of what you should be wearing and what suits you. I always had a great story from this author who said, and she was all slim. She was in her fifties, and she came down in a mini skirt. And her like teenage daughter went, "Well, are you wearing that?" And she went, "Oh, don't you think I've got the legs for it?" She went, "No, you haven't got the face." <laughs> <laughs> she just rude. went, you're too old for that, Mum, but in a really, only a way a teenager can deliver it to her. She was like, oh, 
I can't wear miniskirts anymore. <laughs> and so, you know, it's just all that. My mum still rocks a miniskirt. She's at a yeah, 70s. you can so wear them at any age, but yeah. yeah. Do you know what I think? I am so heavy-footed because all my heels are like, you know, that they, they always like get battered at the bottom. That's just from me like stomping about everywhere. So I'm always mindful of that when I'm like speaking somewhere. It's like, they're going to look at these shoes. They're going to think, what? <laughs> look at look at her shoes need rehealing is what they'll say. That's so, I bet no one's ever thought that as well. I bet they have, judgy people. <laughs> so, Steve, do you still um, compete athletically or is that like God now? Um, so I don't compete at an international level. But to be honest, I don't really come. I, I, I keep fit and healthy. That's my goal now. For various reasons, my disability, it does give me pain when I, when I do exercise, when you're running. Um, but also my age is increasing, ever increasing. And so my PBs have gone out the window and for me to compete would be very difficult. And it's not the thing that I really want to do. It's not mm. my goal. Um, when I was competing, you know, as world champion, two times world champion, people said to me, are you going to keep going for the Paralympics? And I was like, it's a big decision. And I said, no, and I was quite matter of fact about it. Um, you know, one of the greatest shows on, on earth, you know, the Olympics, the Paralympics. I was like, no, and there was something inside me that I just didn't want to do it for another four years. I didn't want to put myself through that, the early mornings, the late nights, the hard work. It's your whole life, isn't it, I imagine? It is everything, with yeah. a chance that you might not even get into the Paralympics. And I said, no, and now what I'm doing, what I'm doing, it gives me more fulfillment than that. You know, yeah. doing the, the stage speaking, the workshops, the writing books and the helping people. That is the thing that I really jump out of bed at half five in the morning to do. So the keeping fit and healthy, it keeps me going. Uh, so I'm doing a triathlon this year. I'm really looking forward to doing that. I do one every year, so I can still call myself a triathlete, but I won't be competing. I, I say not competing. My son, he's going to be 18, so he's going to be doing it for the first time. So we're going to be doing the mm -hmm. first, same triathlon at the same time. So I'd like, I'd, I'd like to say I don't really mind as long as we both have a good time and I cross the finish line smiling, but it would be kind of cool to beat him. Um, but I don't it's mind. one of those things where it's difficult, though, because it's your child. You just want the best for them so it, you genuinely would be happy to beat him but also happy if he beats you yeah no. No. my daughter my daughter can never she's 16 she can never get her head around that when i go no i want you to be better than me she's like that's weird why would you want someone to be better? I'm like, no I'm, i'll be happy if you if you just teenagers are all a bit narcissistic like, aren't they can't understand that can't get a head around that at yeah. all <laughs> like genuinely i want you to like you have to let us know who when is it so it's june the 24th okay. so yeah. training is going well again i say training's going well I don't know if it's trading. I'm, I'm doing swimming, cycling, running every week, just a little bit. My son isn't. He's so nonchalant about it. I mean, he oh. cycles everywhere at the moment, but he's but not. The swimming. arrogance of youth, you know, he'll probably still yeah. smash it, which is really yeah, annoying. Probably. I know, and I'm like like training at the moment, so uh, mm. we'll, we'll see. I just want to finish it um, without any injuries. <laughs> That'd be the main thing. <laughs> you, you say that though about the the you know like training and things, but I once I did. Do you know those um those runs where it's like I don't even know all those inflatables are on there, and it's like a five k run, but it's got all these inflatables and things. Yeah. Well, um, when I had the recruitment business, me and some of the team, we went and we 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 were going to go into this, and so two of my female colleagues, Carla and. Uh, page and then another guy he hadn't done anything he had not done any exercise for like ages and we were like you must try and do something at least no 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 anyway could you not he, he really won the thing he just we, we all started i was like where's ego and he literally he was absolutely knackered at the end of it he used to drink smoke what you you wouldn't believe it, it was, again he was so he was young but i was just like wow where did that come from i don't advocate really? that by the way but yeah it just oh. obviously came from somewhere that he was just like i want to show these these guys and he did so, Betty yeah. puked at the end. He, he was didn't was not good at the end. <laughs>
<laughs> you talk all around the world what's the best gig you've had i think recently uh, i've just spoken ireland uh, which is quite close to home um but it was at the global speaker summit which oh, wow. is an, an accolade uh, one to be you know accepted to speak there but then very nerve-wracking you can imagine you know the, the audience i spoke in front of were global speakers who traveled yeah. around the world to listen not just to me they, but, they uh, were judging your shoes let me tell yeah, you. They were, they were judging. And a lot, of, a lot more. <laughs> Probably judging what you said more than what you had on. I think, I think that's what I like so much about, about it, was when you come off the stage, people say, Steve, that's an amazing, amazing story, amazing confidence to speak and all of this. But speakers don't say that. Speakers say, Steve, amazing uh, screenwriting, amazing stage performance, the, the way you use the props, the mm. way you got the, the turnaround, the way you got the interaction. They're all these speaking terms that they used, but that they, they could see were good. And they were good. And I got a standing ovation and just an amazing pat on the back to say of where I'd come from for six, yeah. in, in six years. Because some people had seen me six years ago and said, wow, you know, you've come on a long way, Steve. Oh, How have you done this? Who's coached you? And I said, I, I just coached myself. So it's really good you know, to, to get all of that feedback. And this year I'm speaking at another big conference, uh, Toastmaster conference down in London yeah. in yeah. May, I think that is. And again, I'm really excited. That's going to be in front of speakers again. But I've done it once. I can do it again. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's a real buzz. But yeah, the, usually the bigger the, the audience, the better, but also it depends who's in the audience. The, the worst audiences, can I just say, put it out there. Um, I mean, I speak anywhere, but teenagers. Oh, my goodness. Oh, teenagers. You know, I, I agree with you. Yeah. We gig. went to the, our university to do a talk to people who were doing uh, a master's in social media. So you think they'd be interested. Mildly <laughs> interested in what we do. <laughs> One, yeah, they could, yeah, couldn't care less. Um, a couple of them even watched it. And I think they were concentrating so hard on what they were saying. They just kept their eyes closed the whole time so they could oh. really listen. Yeah. Yeah. That, that threw me. Not used to that. But the thing is, I mean, they, they sit there with their arms folded and they say, you know, come bring it on, t tell me something. I don't know. Mm. They are impressed. You do plant seeds. Yeah. Something goes in, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to believe that, whether it's on online, on Zoom, or whatever, with the screens off, or whether it's an audience that aren't actually interacting. If you know that your message is there, if you know that you are good and you've got like other testimonials and accolades, then you just got to keep going and feel that confidence yourself. Mm. I was a right gift of a kid, if I think about it, you know, because I was the one that would have been at the front, like, yeah, like, you know, like, lapping up every word and really nodding at what you said, like a geek. But yeah, most teenagers don't do that. They just want to sit at the back and talk and they're a breed unto themselves yeah. aren't they yeah. yeah so who should read this book then steve gold the new book who who's it ideal for i'm not allowed to say everybody but no you're not it's not very good marketing no, is it? no, no it's not good marketing it's, it's for people <laughs> so there's two types of people the high achievers and the people that aren't high achievers you could call them low achievers this is really if, if you are a high achiever then this is a really good book for you because you'll get it you'll understand everything mm. about it However, if you're a low achiever and you want to become a high achiever, then this book is really good for you. And, and how you know whether you're a high achiever or not, okay, there's an assessment within the book, so you could do that. But there's one simple thing that high achievers do that the others don't, uh, and that's 20% of the population. It's something I found out through my research. So 20% of the population, they focus on what they want to achieve. That means that 80% of people focus on what they want to avoid. And that's shocking. I, I find that yeah. really hard for people to, 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 to do that. So what that, that means is they focus on things like, they say things like, I don't want to be poor. I don't want to be fat. I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be unloved. I don't like this job and things like that. They're focusing on what they want to avoid. Instead yeah. of saying, I want to be happy. I want to be healthy. I want to be rich. 
I want to be popular, I want to have a good job, I want to jump out of bed at five, and all of that. Only 20% of people do that. Wow. So think about you know whether your listeners are that 20% or the 80%. And if you're 20%, you're going to love the book, uh, buy it, and it will take you through to find your gold. And if you're not one of those people, one of those people that struggle, like I'm not saying it's doom and gloom, but you constantly focus on the things that you don't like or don't want to do, then this book will really help you if that's what you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned through my time of not pushing anything on anybody. Uh, a lot of the time I talk about myself in the in the book, all the stories about me, because I don't tell people what to do. It's their choice. However, they want help, I can help them. You try and inspire. I heard a thing, uh, someone saying, if you're a negative thinker, the thing to do, and it takes a few weeks to get into the practice of doing this, but whenever you have a thought or you say anything, end it with, but luckily, so that if you're like, oh, it's raining today, yeah. but luckily... I mean, you don't have to go out. Or, and then that t- just turns you around into being a bit more of a positive thinker and to see opportunities where you previously just saw, like, bad things. Oh, Anita, it, you're so right. But it's so it's such a challenge to do that. Uh, yeah. But the more you do it, the better you get. I'm a Cub Scout mm-hmm. leader, and we've got Cub Scout uh, set up. We've got the date sorted. And then I was told at the weekend that date's already gone. I was like, are you joking? Because I've already started the planning, and my heart sank. And I was trying to tell myself repeatedly, saying, Steve, this is not a bad thing because you can find a better date and it will give you more time to get even more organised. Yeah. Like, I had the date already. I'm really frustrated now. To, to cut a long story short, the date is actually fine and, and everything was, was fine. And, you know, we carried on as normal. But I did spend like 24 hours trying to be positive about it. But that's what you've got to do. I'm not yeah. saying being positive all the time is easy. But do it as much as you can because before you know it, you are doing it naturally. Whether it's yeah, stopping yeah. your toe, losing your wallet, getting your car stolen or losing your job, you can turn these things into a positive, but it takes time. Keep going. Yeah, and it's a conscious choice and effort, isn't it? Everything. As anything anything worthwhile in life is, you know. So two questions we ask everybody, all of our guests, are to recommend a book. And I'm kind of guessing what you're going to recommend. So obviously, if we were going to go away from my book, why would you? But say you did. I love the the Milk of Morning by oh, Hal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. I read that book. I'm a I'm a morning person. I believe anybody can be a morning person. I am too. Be, we'll be both are yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the Milk of Morning. I was reading that book and I got it. You know, I liked it. I, I I wouldn't say I've absorbed every single thing, and I don't think books are designed for that. Don't expect to absorb everything from the book. Just take the bits that you like. Just yeah. take those bits yeah. or just bit by bit. Mm. So that's the book that I'd recommend. Apart from my books, I love also Atomic Habits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a really good one. And I love the, the book um, Grit by Angela Duckworth, I think her name is. Grit. Uh, it's the, the book has got the most post-it notes ever I- in it for my, on my bookshelf. As in, I like mm. that bit. I like that there's so many yeah. bits in it that I like. So it's got about 26 post-it notes in it. So Grit by Angela Duckworth. That's a really good book. So is there anything you've read? You say that, you know, you've obviously grown as a speaker and got pretty good at it and that yourself taught are there any books on that that you read along the way that you'd recommend to us as we're you know speaking at lots of different places and always interested in improving ourselves oh i do not i don't think there's many books that i've read on on speaking but i i generally get my speaking knowledge experience from watching other speakers so i'm a member of the psa professional speakers association uh so i go to their monthly meetings and you watch speakers and some are good and some are not so good and you can take feedback you can give them feedback you can take feedback yourself you can see things that they do that you like and some things that you think i will never ever do what they just did because i don't think that would work for me some of them swear some of them don't some of them point and shout some of them don't so you can take a lot of things from that but not just speakers you're also looking at in as a speaker you're an entertainer you're looking at comedians 
You've got to be looking at entertainment. Yeah. Oh, Britain's Got Talent. What are they doing to entertain the audience? How are they interacting? How are they getting things? I go to the theatre and I can learn yeah. things from, from productions like that. Even the cinema. I went to see Top Gun Maverick and there was, there was a, there's a bit in that which I thought I love that bit and now I've incorporated something similar into my keynotes because it mm. works. But you're always asking yourself, what more can I do? What more can I do? Yeah. It might be books, it might be podcasts, it might be films, theatres, uh, other people, conversations, and you, you get it all, and it's like a piece of art. Yeah. Constantly moulding it to make it better and better, to make it the best ever, and it's an ongoing It process. is like a piece of art. That's a great analogy. So I love it, and I love that buzz, that even when you think you've got it right, you just think I can try. I watched my – we just talked about the, the Global Speakers Summit. I literally watched it yesterday because they finally sent through the video – and, and I watched it. I, I thought I'd just watched the first minute and I got sucked into it. And I watched the whole thing. It's like 35 minutes. There was two things that I would do differently. Two improvements. Even though it's the best performance I've ever done, I th still thought, oh, I can just yeah. make that better. I can make that bit a little bit better. Just tweaking it bit by bit. It's lovely. Yeah. And the second question, because we are the Get Savvy Club, is what makes you savvy? Oh, lots of things. I think one of the things is, is, is conversations with myself, talking to myself. So when I, when I come away from a speaking gig or even this podcast or anything, I ask myself, how did that go? Do you think it went okay? What could you do differently? It's kind of self-critique. It, it, not necessarily in a bad way, but in a positive way. What could I do better? Could I prepare more? So I might ask about the po podcast. You know, was the sound okay? Was the lighting okay? Did I need any more props? Should I have done more research? Um, anything like that. So I'm always asking myself, what could I do better? The other thing with, with marketing savvy, I think is just have a bit of fun. I think it's really, really cool that you run your, if you run your own business, you know, you've got control. You haven't got to ask permission or anything like that. If you've got a really good idea, go for it. You know, if you need to, to buy a prop or gadget or a new thing that you think might work for your marketing, well, buy it. Not loads, just a little bit and see if that yeah. works. You like it. Those subconscious things that you're, you're, you're putting out there to say, Steve was banging on about Golden Compass or a map or, or gold or journey. I mean, even putting my book out, you know, I was using these massive big golden envelopes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was great. And also a gold Kit Kat. And a gold Kit Kat. For, for Which I nearly, I nearly didn't see, Steve. Imagine. Didn't even know that was a thing. But I did see yeah. it. And, uh, then, the kids, then the kids stole most of it off of me. But yeah. No worries. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I let them have a bit. I had most of it. And you even got a gold. Look there. Look for the pod for the purpose of the podcast. He's got a, yeah. a gold flask. Gold flask thing. Water on brand. brand. Yeah, on yep. brand, yeah, which which I like. Um, so, Brilliant, so how can people find more out about you then? So one of my messages is don't lean on your excuses. So there, there are, are no excuses about finding out about more about me if that's what you want to do. So I'm all over social media. Uh, LinkedIn is probably the best one because it's business, but also Facebook, Steve Judge Gold, uh, Twitter, Steve Judge, uh, Instagram, Steve Judge Gold. So there's loads where you can even just Google Steve Judge, Steve Judge Gold, and I'll, I'll be at the top pretty much sure of that. Um, or you can go to my website which is www.steve-judge.co.uk. And, and I say that, you know, get in contact with me. If you've got any questions that you want to ask me about what I've talked now, whether it's to buy a book, whether it's to know about speaking engagements, or whether it's just ask me a question, then, then please reach out. I really want to help people. Uh, that's kind of my purpose at the moment, so please get in touch. And what's your next speaking gig? Have you got one set up? That's a good question. I've got an online one. I think it's next week. Uh, the one I'm really excited about is in a couple of weeks' time. It's for the Scout Association. So we celebrate St. George's Day, and I've been asked a new night yesterday, I think it was, to speak at the St. George's Day presentations at 600 people. So mm -hmm. I'm going to be speaking there, and it's really good because my, my Cub Scouts are going to be there. They just know me as a Cub Scout leader. Yeah, um, yeah. But I'm also a president of, of Derbyshire Scouts, so I'm going to be there representing Derbyshire. I'll also casually mention that I'm a two-times world champion, 
and be addressing <laughs> 600 uh, scouts. So my, my Cub Scouts will be very proud of me. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited about that one. So that's, that's a big one. Yeah, and you might just inspire someone in that audience to think I could do well, that. Absolutely. Scouting is, is my charity. It's the thing I give back to. One reason is, you know, many reasons. I got a lot out of scouting, but the main reason is my first three badges that I ever got in scouting. My first three badges were swimming, cycling and running. So, you know, getting those three badges really inspired me to go forward and become a world champion in triathlon. I want to give back. You never know where those badges will take the new generation. If you're enjoying Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, follow and subscribe. I defy you to have a more inspirational story than that. Oh, my God, you know, well, someone can just um, have a terrible time and turn it around and become like a world champion. Yeah, I can't I do it able-bodied alone going through all of that so it just proves doesn't it it's all about mindset at the end of the day isn't it whatever adversity you're going through it's all about mindset and that's what we've all got to work on bit by bit because we're all work in progress you never quite get there you've just got to keep going but it's strange how people that often have been through really tough times are those ones that can actually it's, it's almost like they've been jolted to actually do more with their life than they ever believed possible because of what, what actually happened. Yeah, yeah which... it is inspirational, isn't it? You almost can't go, yeah, I can do that because it's kind of just slightly out of our league. But, you know, if we can go, OK, we can do something that makes us a bit better and helps our mindset and puts us on the path to where we want to be and all of that, then, um, then yeah, certainly we yeah. can. Because whatever we say is in our way isn't in our way, is it? Yeah. Really? Let's face it. Because he, he said in the book, like you know, always ask yourself, what more could you do? What more could you be doing? Like to work towards what? Obviously, the book's called Gold, uh, but yeah, working towards that. How could you add just that little bit more to get further faster? So. Yeah, it's like, and I'm one of these, or have been in the past, definitely. You know, say oh, I've got no time to do that, yet manage to sit down in the evening and watch two hours of telly. Um, and things like that so you've got to kind of have a bit of a critical look at yourself and is it true or are you just making excuses yeah to be honest with yourself yeah mm. just say like really have you not got time or is are there other things in in your life that you that you prioritize and you manage to to fit in it's a balance though isn't it because often people that get successful really successful they do then say they regret not doing as much like fun stuff or whatever but actually they wouldn't have got to that success if they hadn't have sacrificed something in the first place so it's all very well them saying oh to give more time to my family or this or that or whatever but actually you wouldn't have got that success if you hadn't have you know sacrificed that for that or whatever the thing is all right then well see you on the next episode Bye. Bye. That was Property Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, connect with us on social media. Just search Get Savvy Club.